We often talk about the market closing on the highs of the lows for the week or at least establishing a higher low. Well, we don't make guarantees on this show, but I can almost guarantee you we're not going to close on the highs for the week. We got some decent earnings report. We got a pop overnight, but it's fading. Let's talk Amazon, Intel, Enphase, oil stocks. Christian Farmer here, it's at 835. Let's pick it up. It's Friday. It's pre-market pop. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, welcome traders and investors. Starting this Friday in the green, but not as green as we were before. Uh, steady leak, we're up five handles, 4160, 150. Just dripping down here towards that closing price. The buck is up 15 cents, still holding up at 106.57. Uh, the bonds are down a half a point after a decent day yesterday, 109.11, 30 seconds. Crude getting a little pop up a buck twenty six at eighty four forty seven. Gold trying to clear two k for good down five seventy at nineteen ninety one seventy. Silver going the same way, under twenty three down a nickel twenty two eighty six. Bitcoin holding steady here up one hundred and eighty dollars at thirty four thousand four hundred and eighty five. I'm gonna bring in uh, triple D here and. Uh, Man, Dennis, these rally I mean, these rallies just aren't holding. I mean, they can't hold. I mean, it's just gotten to a point where it's been too easy easy on the bears. Case in point, we can go to Amazon earnings and we talked on the closing print about the 125 to 126. I'm like, if it pops up there, it probably sells back off. So on the initial earnings report, which I don't know if you can see it, I don't know what which chart I'm, I'm gonna get the, I still have the four chart system. I'm just not a fan, but Anyways, I'm looking here and trying to see that pre-market. Yeah, well, That's Dennis, what I because see. I need to change it to the after-hours session. So it, it, oh, the okay, gotcha. Don't. Okay, it, so you can see that. all the chops. So anyways, on the initial number, we popped up to 126. I was like, screw it, you know, 125. So I shorted the stock at 124.95 on the initial number, like guts. Like that stuff you should not do, just fading. I knew it was a beat. I saw the initial number, and I'm like, you know what? It's major resistance and there's sellers all over the place. I was in that trade, I think less than 30 seconds, and I covered it back at 120.10. So it literally took <laughs> almost five points out of it in about 30 seconds. And then she popped back up and she has come back. But I mean, it popped there and gave it all back very, very, very quickly. So it popped and then it dropped immediately. Then it popped back up there. I didn't do it the second time because I got scared. And then it popped back down. And then obviously, you know, the guidance came out after. And then it's 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 up there at 126. But it's just what this market is right now. It's just been so easy on the short side. It's as easy on the short side as it was in 2020 on the long side. And that's why I think we're due for like a bounce here. But it's just yeah. not coming. I mean, there's so many stocks. It just seems too easy on the short side now. Like just doing dumb things. It's a dumb thing. To just go and say, okay, technical resistance, I'm just going to short it at the sell. It's one thing to sell out of a log, but it's kind of a dumb thing. And I didn't do it on a huge size. But still, it's just rewarding aggressive behavior on the short side. Like I was talking to another friend at Bright Trading. I always keep up with Bright Trading. They're just like, you just short the pops. Just make money. Short where did pop. you try? I'm just curious. Where did it's you not going to continue to be this easy on the short? No, no, no. Where uh, we'll bring Mitch in here in a second. We got to yeah, do some earnings, but I'm just curious. Where where did you put your order in, and where did you get filled? Like, did right, you try? No, to you get filled. It, there's no price improvement in this market anymore. You get your order. Very rarely really? will it trade through you. Yeah, Joel, and and that doesn't happen anymore. No, no I'm no. just thinking it fell. Everything that fast. is fragmented and sweeps it all out. So really? whatever you put on your order, you rarely are going to get price really? improvement anymore. Yeah, it's we're not in the night. We're not in the nineties. We're not in the oh, this price improvement's <laughs> dead. 
you get the odd like one cent when you're trying to lift an really? offer or something. But when you have your limit order out there, very seldom are you going to get better than your limit order. The algos are really good. Well, I would They'll just think you it, like it, it, you know, you hit at one twenty-five, it goes one twenty-four, one twenty-three. I mean, it logically, let's say you put out a one twenty-two bid, you know, if it's moving that fast, I thought you know within a minute. Oh yeah, it's hit one twenty-two. So <laughs> I threw right. it out there, but I had that number already in my head, and as it started okay. coming up, okay. I threw it out there on the way up. So I wasn't trying to get short on the way down. I threw it up on the way up, and I'm like, I think it stalls out at 125. Then went to 126, but then it's like I couldn't even see 126. It was so fast. I brought okay. it up, and then okay. I'm like, it's 125 off or 124 off. Or I'm like, well, I'm going right back down. I'm going to go right above scratch. So I always go above. Like when you're going 120, if you're thinking your number is 125, you know I like to price just below it, and just in case somebody's yep. purchased this size. Same thing, 120. I'm thinking the 120 to the 125. So I'm like. 12015, I think I covered or somewhere in there. I, <laughs> I don't have it in front of me, but nice. it was literally okay. like almost five points in in less than a minute. It was less than a minute. That's why. And then I'm like, That's... this is just a, an example of how easy it's been on the short side. And again, there's a lot of risk, but there's trades like this again and again and again. Just blindly, the, the, the trader by trading just keeps telling me, blindly selling the pops, blindly doing it is making all the money. And it's true. And that's why I think we're at a point here. Well, we got to break some of these you know, activities on the short side, too, because now people are starting to catch on. Like, oh, I'll just sell the rip. I'll just sell the rip and it'll make money. That's why I, I think we're due for like a little mini squeeze here. I think we're due for like a little dead cap bounce. Not talking, going in long-term portfolio and buying everything. This is the bottom. Just saying that it can't continue to be this easy on the short side. And, you know, they're hitting the generals now, but, you know, under the, you know, look, look under the hood yesterday. There was a lot of stock. Yeah, we talked about that. Yep, yep. But let's bring Mitch in. Let's bring Mitch in. We got a lot of earnings reports. We can uh, we can uh, dissect this stuff as it comes up. Uh, good morning to you, Mitch. Uh, good how you doing morning, today? guys. It's uh, been a crazy week, to say the least, right? Let's get to the action. Let's start it off. Let's. This is a bigger conversation, though. I want to bring you in here on this conversation, too, because you're an mm -hmm. active trader. You do, yeah. the, you know, obviously your live trading show here. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling like? on the trading side of it. Like, I'm just feeling like it's been so easy on the short side that I think it's too easy. And I feel like we're due for like <laughs> something like to well, squeeze some shorts and say, yeah. Hey, stocks don't just go straight down. I was in that game yesterday. Um, and I paid the price for it. Um, oh, so, did you? yeah. What were you? Yeah, so, uh, no, I was actually going, uh, looking for a little bit of a tech turnaround and I tried to oh. play like the TQQQ. A little bit on the day right and um i was looking for some kind of run and main stocks i was looking at also i took a hit also in microsoft as it was starting to come but you were back. buying stocks yes i was trying uh, to buy so the, the opposite side bit. but but that the but we were are, looking the aren't working at all <laughs> yeah but we we were talking about this even yesterday dennis even yeah, you we included we, the, we thought that and maybe there was a we little get pop off the open just oversold everybody move. in yeah it was a bull pop trap again yeah we're, we're getting these bull traps at the open where it goes up to a 15 or an hourly resistance, rejects that hourly resistance, and then smack down right after that. And that can catch a lot of the short-term traders, the ones in the one minutes, the five minutes, and even the 15-minute charts are going to be looking good, bullish. But if you go to the hourly, you might see bearish resistance there. And that's what I've been trying to avoid, going long into bearish resistance on hourly charts. Right now... That isn't working. All right. So again, let's just talk and stick macro just here for a second. Yeah, we can. Because we can. there's lots of commentary to think about. I mean, IWM is a major support. It did not go down yesterday. So as much as, you know, we can say it was an awful day for stocks. There were some stocks that were holding up fairly well. There was some hope underneath all that demise because the S&P is controlled by seven stocks. It's a very poor indicator for what the overall market is doing. The IWM was decent yesterday. The RSP was down, but not much. It was the Qs and the Magnificent Seven getting hammered. So it was classic rotation yesterday. So as much as CNBC was saying, what an awful day for stocks, half the stocks were up yesterday, maybe more. It was you know, not that bad of a day for stocks yesterday. What was so, different was the, the action in the TLT, right? Compared to the, the market, right? I that mean, was good news. The TLT going up and the market coming down. What do you guys think about that? I, I don't think the market went down yesterday. I think the market was slightly up because my market is not those magnificent sevens. So the S&P, yeah, if you were using SPY, 
that's mm-hmm. the you know that's your market that's the magnificent seven it's fifth what how much is it in the magnificent seven joel the percentages uh and well the i do S&P. the top 10 and it's over 30 percent it's over 30 percent yeah but that that like the bottom the bottom three are you know uh you know probably less than five percent cumulative so at least 25 percent. so so it's huge on those high-end stocks i mean overall we know stocks have had a pretty ugly the broad market has not been good the broad market was okay yesterday it was actually okay so i think underneath the hood here the iwm did what it should do it held up despite how ravaged you know the big magnificent seven was and you know and i you know i'm not bullish the magnificent seven i've been talking about the rotation you know maybe going back the other way seller exhaustion in the iwm seller exhaustion some of these beaten down stocks are down 50 percent in two months and you know they're hiding out the magnificent seven so they they were hitting the hiding places yesterday i think that could continue maybe amazon stops it for a day we'll find out but there's lots of you know things happening here and a lot of rotation yesterday but I'm just saying yesterday wasn't as ugly as CNBC would lead you to believe. I just pulled up the, the recent ratings and uh, I combined the Googs for simplicity's sake. And if you take all these stocks here, it's uh, it's 27.5% of the index. It's huge. And that's why the S&P is a poor indicator for what is happening in the overall market. It's, I agree. It's, it's and they try to reweight it a little bit there, and obviously that you know, didn't it. really do anything. So, I mean, yesterday, what I'm saying is every stock just didn't get killed yesterday. There was a lot of stocks holding up well. So let's jump in. Let's jump in here, Mitch. Let's do Amazon Q3 94 cents beats the 58 cent estimate. Revenues of 143.1 billion beat the 141.42 billion estimate. Q3 AW sales coming in at 23.1 billion, missing the 23.2 billion estimate. And this is where I see the negative in Amazon's report. As Microsoft earlier this week, Azure's revenue was jumping 29% and Google had expanded 22%. AWS here, only 12%. Advertising the positive on this report, 12.1 billion versus 11.6 billion on expected revenues. Amazon said that fourth quarter sales will include key holiday period, which will be between 160 billion to 167 billion. The expected uh, revenue for that is at 166.6 billion. They did say that we had a strong third quarter as our cost to serve and speed to delivery in our store business took another step forward. Our AWS growth continued to stabilize and our advertising revenue grew robustly. So that's the positive here, the ad spending, yeah. the negative, the AWS comparison. Um. The report's fine, though. It was a decent report. I think a lot of people expected this after, you know, um, well, a lot of people expected, obviously, something else because the stock's down 10 bucks in the report. The issue here is, and again, my wife has this in her long-term account, the issue here is you're coming back up into this whole consolidation period, the 125 to 130, and it's going to get tougher to go higher from here. So we saw what happened with Microsoft. It holds up for a day and then gives it all back. So people are spooked right now. People are selling in the reps. And I don't know if you break that mentality in one day. So it's difficult to come in and say, yeah, I'm going to buy it at 126 because I think it's going to 135. We're just not in 2020 anymore. Short term today, uh, I mean, you made a high at the 128 area. And there's uh, three three daily highs in that area. If you want to look a long, little bit longer term here, and I think you need to do it in this stock is, you know, you've had a significant decline off the September high, right? And if that's a real low yesterday, whatever that low was at 1835, and this stock is still going to maintain its bullishness, and you got to get up to this 132 and a half area. And the longer it takes to get up to this 132 and a half area, I'm more of it like pull, like Microsoft. I mean, did that get punished the second day? Maybe they won't punish it today. But man, you gotta you gotta get up to this 132 and a half area, put a couple highs in there, then pull back and build another base. So that's longer term setup here for Amazon. That's the worst candle you can get at Microsoft. <laughs> has the good earnings and gives it back all back in one day plus some. Yeah, I mean that's bear that's market one. that's, 101. That's, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. Bear market 101. Yeah, that's a horrible candle. 
Let's get to the next tech, Intel Q3 adjusted EPS, 41 cents versus 22 cent estimate revenue, 14.2 billion versus 13.53 billion estimate. Intel sees Q4 adjusted EPS at 44 cents to 30 cent estimate revenues at 14.6 billion to 15.6 billion versus a 13.53 billion estimate. They did declare a a uh, dividend here of 12 cents, a little bit over 12 cents, 0.125, um, and stated on the earnings that we delivered a standout third quarter, underscored by the across-the-board progress on our process and product roadmaps, agreement with new foundry customers, and momentum as we bring AI everywhere. Ooh, this was said AI. by Intel okay, CEO. Oh, man. The sentiment towards this stock had turned before, obviously, the entire market got destroyed back in September and October. So you got huge support at 32. I actually had this looking at this at 32 and thought about buying it just ahead of the report just because it was sitting on such major support. Again, no, no, I'm just not in the buying mood. I got to eventually maybe get in the buying mood. But 32, huge support. What happens now is the same story as Amazon, though. Yeah, exactly into this whole consolidation area and it gets thick in here so it's hard to think that there's going to be follow-through and after microsoft yesterday i'm not buying anything up seven percent on earnings yeah two and a half per uh yeah seven and a half percent two and a half bucks uh 35 uh 35 39 is your pre-market high but above that you got a couple highs just over 36 i mean that's a big area i'd be surprised if it if it got up there today if it does that's you know that there's a double top here right at 30 let's call it 36 30 and you don't want to be a pattern guy i own this stock but that kind of looks like a head and shoulders and, and this kind of looks like a head and shoulders and now you have seven percent pop when sell uh, yeah. the rip is working better than any strategy uh, out there yeah and look yeah. at the comparison, right? Look at AMD's chart. That looks atrocious there on the recent breakdown through 100. Oh. Um, yeah. It's it tried that move plenty of times. It just can't do it. NVIDIA did sneak under 400 yesterday. I mean, Dan Niles made a good point on CNBC. And if you are a believer that AI is ch- going to change this world, I mean, NVIDIA is the play. And yeah, he made a point. He made a call. Game, he says, what is that? What do you say? Too well, early. Well, in this he game. said he made a call on the valuation. And okay. he said, if you look at the forward earnings, this thing's only trading 26 times earnings now, if you look at the forward earnings. And it's growing earnings at 50%. So he was basically saying this is the only one that he wants to own of the Magnificent Seven. Because you know what? NVIDIA is still growing earnings better than anything out there. And if we are, if we are a true believer in AI, and I'm not sure, like I believe there's going to be, you know, a difference. Is it the internet? If you believe that. You're probably buying this dip on NVIDIA because there's not a lot of other pure plays out there. So, I mean, and again, we saw it being very resilient even when, you know, a lot of other stocks were selling off. So we've had a quiet little 15% sell-off here over the last two weeks in NVIDIA. It's a pretty substantial sell-off. So I think it's on your shopping list. It's a matter of like how ugly does this market get because, you know, still... And 26 times forward earnings. We're not saying current earnings because if we look at the Benzinga Pro and bring it up, the current earnings are different. We know forward earnings are only projections. So if you go into a bear market or into a recession, those projections could come down quickly. The forward earning, the forward PE on Nvidia is 97. So that's what scares people. But if you or the current PE. But if you do look, Benzinga has the forward PE at 24 as well. So the uh, if they hit those forward numbers. Believe it or not, NVIDIA is not super expensive here if they hit those forward numbers. One thing that I would point to, and I'll just bring up the Benzinga Pro for this, is uh, look at that uh, Webbush price target and 600. I think the analysts are going to start coming out to try to defend NVIDIA on this downside action as they're all caught in the wrong. Ah, I think that's what's coming out I I just pulled that up too. And... uh, (laughs) Yeah, I, I was just looking at it because I'm thinking, man, these guys got a the the last three guys came in and lowered after. <laughs> yeah, after, they like, started. Oh, what about this guy from Key Bank? Seven fifty, man. Put down the pipe. I mean, come on. After this kind of run, <laughs> yeah, and he man. lowered it. No, wait. It was the prior no, price target. He he raised it on the third. He raised oh, it. Oh He raised Lord. it on October third to seven fifty on oh. Key Bank. I think oh. these guys got it all wrong. 
And this tells me to get worried for that NVIDIA report. Because if they miss anywhere near their guidance, I think this stock is back down through the next gap, the next gap zone, which is it's pretty significant. It'd be down there into the 370s towards like 318 space. There's a huge gap there. It's all about, Mitch, whether they hit those forward earnings or not, though, whether they can hit those numbers. That's all that matters. The fundies do matter here now. Um, it's still got the story, the NVIDIA story. Like, do you like if you're if you think AI is all a bubble? I mean, if you're of that opinion and AI is just you know not going to be, I, I, that's not what I think though either, Dennis. It's just that we're early. Well, to what are you game. buying to play AI? That's what I want to know. What I don't stock? think there's anything to, to play it right now, maybe Adobe, but even then, I'm hearing a lot of backlash against what they're doing, a lot of artists getting upset because. It seems like AI is going to come in and take their job. At least that's Adobe's what they're thinking. Eight times forward earnings. Adobe's more expensive than Nvidia if they hit those forward numbers. Believe it or not. But at least I see those products working, right? Um, at least I can tell you that I've used their AI features that Adobe has, and I can see people using it, making a lot of content from it. You can use, and, and the way that I look for this is I look at like YouTube and I look at content creators and what they're mentioning about AI. And they've mentioned a lot about Adobe's Firefly and different products that they have. NVIDIA is just going to be a matter of, do we finally see a slowdown in this demand for AI chips? I, I think it's the bigger conversation here. And Christian maybe can come in here too. But all I'm arguing, I'm not saying, and people like to interpret, they read between the lines what I'm saying. It's like, oh yeah, Dennis likes NVIDIA all of a sudden. I'm making the argument of Dan Niles on this show. I haven't decided, but what I'm saying is NVIDIA, if they hit those forward numbers, is actually not as expensive as the world wants you to believe. That's all that Dan Niles was saying. That's all the Benzinga Pro is saying. I don't know if they hit those forward numbers. If I think we're going to a global recession, they probably don't. And then the stock maybe starts to get near a 350 area, maybe 310 area. I tell you, if NVIDIA went to 310 though, it would be in my long-term portfolio. I'll be buying it at 310 because this there's China no thing, other though? pure play for China AI. Thing? What about the yeah, China there's still thing? battles that's, and chips. That's gotta, that's you can wait. worry about all this stuff. But at a certain point in time, you've got to buy some stock. So we can worry about everything. We've been worried about everything. I mean, and people hate it when I rant. Some people like it. Some people don't. But <laughs> we've been sitting here bearish on this show for two months absolutely correct people are rubbing my face that i own amd um which i sold half of and that i own alb they're gonna rub all that in my face because there's 10 percent of the people that absolutely hates my guts so but i know what we've been right on this show to be bearish me and money mitch joel's been on the fence but me and money mitch have been absolutely i just try, I just try and give a little levity to this show I mean, <laughs> but we've been, I... honestly we should be getting thank yous for being, Mitch should be getting thank yous because he's been on the bearish side too and he's been absolutely correct. Mitch, you have. I've yeah, been on the it, bearish side in the last month and a half. I've been preaching bear market for a month here. The market is down significantly from where we were talking bearish about it. So we have been correct on this. The question is, do we start nibbling back into some of these stocks that are going to drive? I think the next bull market is driven by NVIDIA. Probably Adobe too. So we just had a 20% sell-off in NVIDIA and it's come back down to a valuation that is half reasonable, not 40 times anymore, but somewhat reasonable. So I'm just throwing it out there because Dan Niles brought it to my attention that I kept thinking the video was 40 times forward earnings. It's not anymore. It's 24 to 26. I don't know if they hit those projections, but it's a conversation to have. I think that they, we can stop there with a the conclusion that I think we both think that NVIDIA's report is going to be massively important for this market, uh, yeah, hey. regardless of which way it happens. I think that this might start the bear market. You think that this could start the bull market. So that just tells hey, me and, how and, important and, this I mean, report is. I don't know when the bull market is coming. And again, I've bought zero. So full disclosure, I bought zero stocks in my long-term portfolio in the last month. Zero, not one stock. The question is, I went from 55% to 60% cash in my long-term portfolio. You know why? Because those bloody stocks that I had, the 40% fell that much, that my cash allocation is going more. If all the stocks go to zero, I'm 100% cash. So, I mean, we're, we're raising cash by simply staying still because the stocks are going down. So, I think, let's just have this conversation. It's, it's important that earnings are, aren't that, Exxon Mobil, whatever, who cares? 
But what stocks? Let's let's not try to time the next bull market. I just want to ask you a question: Which stocks yeah. are going to drive the next bull market? Because it's eventually going to come. If it's next year, it's five years from now. Which stocks? I'm asking you, Money Mitch, and I'm going to ask you, Joel, both of you. Name yeah. me three stocks that are going to drive the next bull market. Mine would be, and I'll get mine first, and then we'll let you guys go. Mine would All be right. Nvidia, for sure. Um, I'm probably going to go with, you know, probably one of the big mega caps, and it's probably going to be an Amazon or maybe it's Microsoft driving the next bull market. I'm not saying I'm buying those stocks here today. I'm just saying I think these are the next drivers. And then you could go off the board and like throw a smaller one in there or something. But, you know, maybe you're going like a, I'm trying to think off the hop. Like you could throw an AMD in there too. I think chips are going to drive it. But my number one would be NVIDIA. I think NVIDIA is the no-brainer that is probably going to drive the next bull market. So at a certain point in time, you got to buy it. All right, the chat's coming need, in. I don't need to give three stocks. I could. There's two comments I'm going to make. I don't know if we could. We got PC Dennis coming up at eight thirty. Yeah, we'll quickly okay, give us so give us a stock. Why. Give us one stock. I'll give you. I'm going to give. Well, I, I have a lot of geopolitical concerns, and I'm not going to go into that right now. So I think that that's standing in the way of a bull market. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm not going to give you a stock. I'm going to give you a name, and it's Jerome Powell, and it's the TLT. <laughs> So that, you know, rate, oh, that's a good know, call. yeah, so I'm not going to try and fight this market, you know, when you still have rising interest rates, you know, the, the recession camp is like the most ridiculous discussion when you get 5% GDP yesterday. So when I see a stabilization in rates, when well, I then see you better be buying are, stocks, Joel. If you think well, there's it, no recession 2024, if you think anybody out there is of the opinion that the recession talk is ridiculous and there's no recession 2024, I, I, I you better that. go and buy stocks today. I didn't, I I'll didn't say, say that. that. I said that was a ridiculous number yesterday. You know, the 5% GDP, there's no there's no way that's going to be sustained. So I don't know. Where, where are we at? Where are we at in unemployment? I mean, is unemployment telling me about a, you know, a recession? You're making me bullish. Okay. Okay. I've just, the, the re, it's there. The, all the factors are there. And you got bombs flying over, you know, geopolitical situations. So it's kind of hard to say, oh, you know, what stock's going to drive a bull market for the next two, three years when you got a lot of other things going on. So I'm keeping it. I don't think it's hard at all. I'm not trying to time the bull market. I think it's NVIDIA. I firmly believe with 100% conviction that NVIDIA will be the stock that drives the next bull market. I don't know if it's going to be from 300 to 600 or what it is. But I think NVIDIA will drive the next bull market. We do have PC. Mitch, do you want to try to get one in 20 seconds? Uh, I, I would just say Amazon. That would never. Amazon? I would just trust on Amazon not destroying me. And so I'll stick with Amazon. <laughs> I don't think it's not going anywhere soon. Even if it does come down a little bit, I, this is the type of stock that I wouldn't mind having a true investment in approach. All right, let's get to the PCE and what we might get here. Of course, PCE price index year over year outlook in September 3.4 is the consensus prior being 3.5 month over month at 0.3 versus the prior 0.4 report. Then we get into core PCE month over month is expected to come in at 0.3 prior being 0.1 and the year over year outlook will definitely be watching as it expected to come down 0.2 from prior being 3.9 going down to 3.7. Let's see what happens. You'll also get real personal consumption here to come in, personal income and personal spending all at once. I always love how these come out at once. It's like, couldn't they like separate it for like 10 minutes? (laughs) But hey, that, that that that's how they do it here. So get ready, team. Get wide. Yeah, Elbow jumpers are out there. They're going both ways. They're going down. They're going up. But the important thing for me right now will be, and it's tight here, forty-one seventy-three. Uh, I know it's only four handles away, but the way we've been zigging zagging, that's halfway on the session. So we get a pop above forty-one seventy-three. Then I'll crack a smile if we hold it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if we if we take out that pre-market low at sixty seventy-five, you just got to realize we never saw. The close yesterday, we were red the entire day. I don't know if this is going to be a day where we never see the close on the downside, but I want to get too carried away on the short side if you go through that pre-market low. Survey says... 
Core PCE price index month over month at 0.3 versus 0.3 estimates. You guys see the red bars there. That's what you want to be paying attention yep. to. 3.7 versus 3.7 estimate on the year over year core PCE. So prior was 3.8, 3.7. So we went down 0.1 there. Um, so not going down much on the core PCE. Uh, month over month at 0.4 versus 0.3. A spike there that doesn't include energy and food. Hmm, not looking good there, right? Well, I think what's the that number this, that includes energy and food. Uh, the, just the overall right here, this top one right here. Okay, um, so that the, does include energy and food. Yeah, that's the one it, that does. Yeah, yeah. The, the core okay, sorry, excludes. Yeah, 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 excludes, okay. right? Yeah. Um. So here you guys see it right there at point four versus point three. I'm gonna go looking into the report to see exactly why this is at point four. You guys talk about the price action. Yeah, a little bit of a lift. No, no uh, knee-jerk reaction down, so that's good. And now you're recovering back. You're back halfway um, on the session here. So keep a little bid here at 41.73. That pre-market high of 41.85 means absolutely nothing to me. I think uh, above yesterday's high was just above uh, uh, 4,200. So you know, settling it anywhere near 4200 or 4190 area would just be you know a major a major victory for the market in my opinion but you're getting a little bit of a lift it looks up yep, and continue to lift here back over halfway on the session so dennis uh you never really left us there are you seeing much uh in the stock the stocks were green before so yeah. are they yeah hmm. well we green. gave most of it back but now we're starting to lift on this number here again i just i don't know I, I, I'm, I've turned, you can tell that I'm trying to, I, I love it, shirt. Dennis. I mean, I'm yeah, trying I, to ring the register. And again, we've been absolutely correct on the short side here for the last two months, but I'm telling you, man, it's been too easy on the shorts. We're due for a bounce. And I'm not saying go all in here, but I'm saying that I think we're due for a bounce. I so think one maybe, of the things maybe that I would get sold. I, I to just to kind of add to what you're saying there, Dennis is at least maybe, the strong bullish leaning side is starting to slow down. Maybe it's not just all of a sudden the whip back, but at least like, you know, opening new shorts right now, it might not be the best uh, opportunity, especially the way that we are. People are starting to turn a little bit here. And again, we still got a lot of bulls. Let's bring Christian on in this conversation here because Christian has a good feel for the market. He's a fantastic trader. And I want to bring him in here too, because, you know, I get a feel in there because I'm down in the ditches. I've always talked like I'm a good turn trader. Because mm-hmm. I'm making hundreds of trades a day. So I can get a feel for where it's easy and where it's not. I'm telling you, it's been too easy on the short side in the last couple of days. Too easy. Let, That's let's why get it going, guys. This is why you guys come to pre-market prep. Hit the like button. Let's go. Christian Fromhertz, uh, founder and CEO of Tribeca Trade Group. Now you get all three of us coming at you, Christian. <laughs> uh, are are you prepared? Are you prepared for that? I, you know, I am prepared. Uh, good morning, guys. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love the passion that you guys are bringing to to this market. You know, every day you guys are having just a spirited conversation and a nice debate about you know, what's going on in this market right now, because there's a lot going on. And um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of points to bring up about what we're seeing in in both like the macro and the micro with all these earnings reports coming out. So it's a very complicated market. It is not an easy market to trade too, which I think is is very important too, for, you know, your viewers to realize and, uh, you know, uh, members of Tribeca Trade Group, I've been trying to, you know, infor- reinforce that too. It's just, hey, you know, you can kind of pump the brakes a little bit too, because it's a it's a very messy market, and um, there's a lot of information that's coming at us on a day to day basis. With you know, we just had another big inflation report. We also have a Fed meeting next week too, which um, is also go- going to be interesting. But yeah, we're getting so many re- you know earnings reports that are coming at us right now, and the dust hasn't really settled yet. So Christian, let's talk about your indicators and what you look at in your trading, because obviously, you know, we all look at different stuff. I've used the TLT for quite a while here as an indicator for trading IWM and some of the stocks that have a higher debt load. What do you use as indicators and what are your indicators telling you here about, you know, the market just looking out the next week? 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, my number one indicator is price. Uh, and, you know, I do have um, indicators that I look at, you know, looking at volume at, at volume at price, which gives me a sense of support and resistance and so forth. But price is price is number one. So what's going on in, in the indices, what's going on in some in individual names, that's the number one indicator for me. Number two, you know, and then there's then there's a few other things that I look at when we have a macro tape as we do right now. You know, you guys have been hitting the nail on the head with, you know, watching interest rates. I mean, that's something that I continuously watch. And, you know, right now it's the volatility of interest rates too. You know, the direction of course is important too, but we've just been seeing, you know, the the volatility really kind of move around. Um, I watch the dollar and I watch, you know, what's going on in like market breadth, you know, so it's really important to me to see, you know, a, a, good landscape, a good um, uh, investment landscape in terms of, you know, more names going up versus more names going down, which we don't have that right now. So, you know, that's why this market is kind of is, is difficult right now is you're just not getting that reinforcement, even though the market is dipping, you're not really seeing those institutions kind of come in. And we're not seeing that um, under the surface in terms of, you know, strong, a stronger, um, you know, dynamics to the market. Better question, what is it going to take for this market to turn around? What is it going to take for the buyers to reemerge? Because right now we got a little bit of a buyer strike across the board. I mean, IWM is making new three-year lows, bounced yesterday just slightly. But now you got the Magnificent 7 starting to get hit. I mean, NVIDIA is 100 points off of its highs. And Microsoft has a great earnings report. They hammer it the next day. Obviously, sellers are in complete control. How do the bulls get control back here? The bull, the bulls get back in, in control when when institutions start to buy, and, and you know we're seeing just a lot of dis distribution. I mean, I thought yesterday was a really interesting day because, mm -hmm. you know, you guys were talking about, and and I think a lot of people were starting to realize as as the morning went on yesterday that hey, like the breath wasn't bad yesterday. No, um, and the bigger names were getting hit, which we're so used to it being the opposite way around, where the big seven names are really kind of moving the market, but, you know, holding the, the market into together. But there was just nasty performance by all those names yesterday. And of course it works both ways um, when the market's moving up and those names are supportive, um, you know, then the breath hasn't been great, but it was the opposite of what we normally see yesterday because those names were being um, sold yesterday. And I think, you know, after some of these earnings reports it, where they've, the, the bigger seven or whatever you want to call them, I guess the magnificent seven have been areas where people have been kind of like hiding out and saying, and been very complacent in, but you know, the earnings is kind of shaking things up a little bit, that reversal in meta yesterday uh, and what you guys already covered with Microsoft. I mean, Microsoft hasn't been able to, the one that had the good earnings sold off yesterday. So I just think that we're not there yet. Um, I'm not a you know crystal ball type predictor. I just need to see things be a bit more consistent and a bit more stable. You know, you don't want to see names um, that are up for a quick minute, then lose it, all, you know, in, in five minutes later. So, you know, I think today watching, I, I think Amazon's going to be an interesting tell. Um, yeah. Will that be able to, to hold the gains today? Because everything else, as you guys have alluded to, uh, it's been sell the rip. Like anything that goes up. Um, ServiceNow, I thought yesterday had a good, uh, a really good report yesterday. And that kind of just fizzled yesterday. So <laughs> it didn't go like it didn't get hit, which is good. But it also, you know, right on the open went up to 579 and then settled around, you know, 550. So Save it all back. Yeah. A I lot mean, of it back. Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, going forward and into next week, because again, I, I don't think you have to kind of jump, you know, at, at this market right here. I, I think you want to see names that had really good quarters hold in there and begin to kind of lead the market. And, you know, that's one thing always with earnings season is there should be some takeaways. You know, Decker's had a, had a good, you know, I would like to see a Decker's hold in. Um, yeah. You know, Decker's is up to 536. Now, if you zoom out, um, because that's, that's what, well, that's what, 50 points. Um, yeah. But oh, 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 that looks like a sell. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Why I mean, show me that chart. <laughs> top of cycle, it looks like there. Um, I have a great oh, question here. Get that one I'm gonna get that off my screen. <laughs> All right, 
<laughs> well, here's a good question here, and I'm going to combine it with a, a chat comment here because I always like to grab stuff from the chat. Douglas here is saying that it's been extremely difficult to trade lately, and I'll add yes. to that with showing showing what you were talking about also, Christian, about the market breadth that we're seeing out there. Look at this right here. Stocks that are making new lows in the New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ, and Amex. You can see there, 1,002 versus only 47 making new highs, right? Yeah, that's uh, a good number, right? A, you know, a thousand, <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> a thousand two stocks making new lows while only 47 are making new highs. No, no. And, and, you and see again, 50 in the 200, right. it, it doesn't look pretty there, right? I, I would so, correct this though, and we little chick chime in on this. Douglas, I would correct your statement. It's been extremely difficult to invest lately because I'll tell you right now, there's some traders absolutely killing it on the short side. This just is what I wanted to talk about a little it. bit, Dennis. Is just that, uh, killing it. I wanted to ask Christian here, of course, being sure. uh, from Tribeca Trade Group, of course, you're in the battlegrounds every single day. What strategies are you seeing working right now? Is it the contrarian? Is it the momentum following? Of course, you don't have to give too much gold here. You guys might have to go to actual Tribeca Trade Group to find out. But what are you seeing out there that's working, Christian? Cash. Cash is working great now. Oh, listen, five and a half percent. I don't mind. Out See of my ya. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely you know what's kind of interesting about this is you know it depends what type of a trader you are, and you know I, I again I listen to you guys just about every morning, and you know selling the rip right now and, and doing a little bit of buying the dip is working, but but the. Um, if, if you're buying the dip, you've got to be really quick to kind of get out of that. And this this is a scalper's market. Um, so that's not my particular favorite type of market, you know, and but I've talked about how with the VIX over like another indicator is like just looking at where the VIX is because it tells you what volatility is. Right. You don't need to chart the VIX or anything like that. Just know what it's what it's telling you right now. And if we stick over 20, right, you know that stocks are moving very fast and, and it's a scalping type market um, while that's going on on, it's a lot harder to hold positions, swing trade, which is my bread and butter when the VIX is doing that. So if you're that type of a trader, if you're if you're more of a swing trader, you just have to be patient and let things settle in. But for now, you kind of take what you can get and, and you can definitely be, you know, scalping to your heart's content because, you know, even look at yesterday and I was listening to um, your closing print uh, Joel, yet yesterday, and you know the market bounced for in the afternoon. And while you guys were talking, it, it was saying, "Hey, this is a constructive bounce." And then just it was just started to bleed lower. And oh, by the time you guys like finished finished your thought, the market had given back almost all of the bounce. So it's just not a constructive, consistent market yet. But things could change very quickly. So that's where you you kind of have to stay nimble stay on your toes. And I think really, um, you know, to try to answer your, finish your answering your question, Mitch, is, you know, to really just hold less positions right now, smaller positions, because when the when the VIX is moving like it, or volatility is moving like it is, you don't even need the same size position. So you can be a lot smaller because the market is moving faster. Christian, uh, uh, Christian joins me every Tuesday on the closing print, and uh, we broke his losing streak on Tuesdays, I believe, the last two <laughs> ones. But Christian, you know, one thing that you know I've heard you, you know, talk about, and it's been a core of your analysis, is like the 200-day moving average, right? Now that's like for our show and for our people. I mean, that's like, you know, that might as well be a decade trade, but. How, how many stocks, you know, yeah. besides the magnificent, like what, where's your base? Like how many, you know, like we talked to uh, Tim, Tim, um, Tim Quas oh. and his momentum filter two weeks in a row didn't have anything in it. Yeah. What's your pool? What are you looking at that stocks are trained above your 200 day that have constructive charts? Well, I mean, that, that's that's exactly what I'm seeing, too, because I'm also, you know, I, I have to say I'm a momentum trader, too. So when I look at my scans and just not really seeing much come up, uh, it, it just means that, you, you know, again, you have to be more patient because even, you know, I'm also I like to go after relative strength, you know, and I like to see rotations, which we saw a lot of rotation yesterday, but that's just one day. Right. And you can't really uh -huh. get behind, you know, some things making an oversold bounce which I think IWM did yesterday. Uh, but, you know, it's tough when you see names like cyber names acted well for about 
two minutes, right? Um, <laughs> I, I'm being I'm being dramatic, but they acted well for for a couple of days. You had CrowdStrike and and uh, and Palo Alto act, act pretty well, but you know those names get you can't overstay your your welcome right now in this market because it's just not that type of market. So yeah, I mean these are things where I heard you guys just before I came on talking about you know putting together a list of areas or names that you want to get into, you know, and a CrowdStrike and a Palo Alto is appealing to me. Once the volatility kind of whole, you know, um, you know, settles in, uh, and and again, that might be ne more next week or the first couple of weeks of November. But these are areas that you know, these are names that that I want to see hold um, support after they're coming in. You know, my big thing is always uh, you know uptrends and looking for names that kind of pull back, um, you know, in into support. You know, so something like a Palo Alto really needs to kind of hold in here for me to be interested because, um, you know, that name, just any strength right now is getting hit. I wanted to ask you, of course, Christian, since uh, it seems like we're not going to turn you to the bullish camp, at least just, just yet. <laughs> but um, what about maybe short opportunities in the market? Of course, I just put out a recent video on regional bank action, financials. I can see those continuing maybe on a downward path. Where do you see maybe some short opportunities? Well, I mean, it could be, you know, the, the last thing I like to do is is short strength, but I think you have to look at that pattern in, in NVIDIA, which you talked about. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I like to kind of own names that I think are quality, but from a technical setup, and I think everybody's looking at this one, you know, that it could be a head and shoulders. So, yeah. you know, I mean, if this thing breaks and, and I wouldn't want to be swing trading um, shorts right now after this move. But if it can't get above, you know, right where it's kind of trading pre-market 411 is something that I'm watching on um, on my chart on a short term chart. But but again, these are really short term opportunity shorts, but short term opportunities because we've already fallen a, a decent amount. And we're also you know, you can't forget that's that we are entering a stronger seasonal period. So do I really want to be shorting after a decent clip down like this into stronger seasonality? Not necessarily. But I think while the market and the VIX is over 20, you do want to have some things that if they break support and they're a little bit overcrowded that you can kind of, uh, you know, go after in terms of uh, a day trade. So that's We've a great one. That's a great okay. one to watch that, that, that 411, 412 level. Okay. All right. Uh, Christian Fromhertz, he's the founder and CEO of Tribeca Trade Group. Joining us here with a good fundamental discussion. We love having you on, Christian. We'll die well, up Before he goes, I want his you stock got one more? in the next bull market. I was asking everybody, don't know when the bull market is. We're not trying to time it. We're just saying, trying to say, <laughs> what is the one stock you would own when the next bull market? You were saying, but you gave us Palo Alto and CrowdStrike that you like short term, you know, if they, if they start to pull back. But one stock you'd like to own in your long-term portfolio for the next bull market? Uh, only get one. Only get one, huh? So, boy. Um, I, I'm So, I'm watching, and I'll give you a technical level, too. But <laughs> I, uh, I'm watching Tesla, and I want to see. Ooh. Now, Tesla had, you know, I don't like it for the short term because their quarter was not good. And sometimes when, when a name has a... Um, has a rough quarter, they report a, a rough quarter, they're kind of like dead money um, until they have a better, either some type of fundamental news that comes out between the next earnings report or the actual earnings report themselves. But right, this level right here, this 205 level, uh, you know, and you could give it a little bit more room and I guess say 200. But if it breaks 200, then I would say get out of the way. But if we, if it can firm up around this 200 level for the long term, um, I like Tesla. Hmm. Christian Farmhurst, founder and CEO of Tribeca Trade Group. Always good to have you. Always keeping up with you on Twitter. So if you don't have Christian, what are you guys waiting for? Definitely give him a follow. Have a great one, man. Take care. Thanks, guys. All right, let's get back to the market. How are we looking, Joel? Still on the week? Yeah, no, no, no. Constructive rally here. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, yep. We're up 17 and a quarter handles. We took that number. Uh, and we're right hanging mid-range on the session. I mean, today is such an important day for the market. And I don't I don't like it like like I don't want to see us up like 60, 70 handles, you know, because those moves, you know, they 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 create to create pockets. I, I'd love to see us stay down here for a couple of days, you know, maybe a couple higher lows or something. But uh right now the, the bulls are a little pesky and uh 
a lot of green Definitely on the goals. screen here. So we'll see what see if we get some follow through. It's it, it's nice that they're rallying it on that number. It was basically an inline number. Yeah. Um, even even the one like you were saying a little bit on the uh, hot side. And it's nice that you know that they're trying to find a silver lining here. We're trying to rally on a number. It's nice that Amazon bounced back after reporting the decent report. They gave it all back, and then obviously the guidance on the call that bounced back up. It's nice that Intel's holding up so far. I'm with you. Very important day. Got to hold these gains. Cannot go red today. It goes red. You're like, oh boy, here we go again. There will be some backing and filling. So it isn't going to be like straight up 60 handles if we were to go up 60 handles. It's going to be like up a bit, down a bit, up a bit, down a bit. You're going to get pullbacks. You don't have to chase in this market. But is there a point in time where maybe we put a little bit of cash to work to start nibbling on some stocks? I think some stocks are very oversold. All right, let's get to some stocks here, guys. I'm going to try to quickly run us through some of these yeah, reports. Yeah, yeah. Let's go forward here. Q3 adjusted EPS, uh, 39 cents, misses the 45 cent estimate. Revenues of 44 billion beat the 41.2 billion estimate. They did, of course, pull back their guidance based on what's been going on in the strike. What do you guys think about forward? I don't like it. I don't like forward. <laughs> it could, it's oversold. Could it bounce? It could bounce. But the tr- trade action yesterday, it got its bounce from the strike settlement. They gave it right back. Yeah, it wasn't much down. of a bounce. This is yeah. one that is on my anti to, like bull market run because I think the market could rip higher and Ford could go nowhere. Value trap central here. Uh, you're well off the pre-market low. This is a really big move for Ford. So until, you know, we'll see what happens today. We'll, you know, we'll zig and we'll zag. But We'll see if any, and, and he talked about institutions. We'll see if any institutions want to own this at 11, or, you know, 1060 to 11. We'll, we'll find out over the next couple of days. They already own it, Joel, the ones that want to own it. Nobody's jumping yeah. to Ford. I'd rather own Tesla than Ford. Okay. All right. Chipotle. We'll see if the shorts want to bring it in at 11 then, okay? Get your guac, guys. <laughs> Chipotle adjusted EPS $11.36 beats the $10.55 estimate. Total revenues of $2.5 billion to $2.47 billion estimate. Comparable sales up 5%. Operating margin up from 15.1% now to 16%. And I was saying this yesterday on my show, Start Swing Trade, towards the end. I was like, I, I see Chipotle down here, but I wouldn't bet too much against their earnings reports because, man, they usually beat, at least from what I've seen in the last, like, 10 quarters. They usually always beat. Yeah. You should look back at the stats on that. mentioned hunted down. I bet you it's it's a majority. Yeah, of it. I know it's a selective it. perception. Yeah, on I showed part. it I on, like they beat on every the show, time. but it, it's kind of hard to bet against it. It's that when they poisoned a bunch of people. Yeah, that was that's a decade ago, and everybody's forgotten about it. Um, up eighty points. I don't buy stocks up eighty points I, in bear uh, markets. I don't what care. about Capital One here? Uh, Capital One's Q3 adjusted EPS at four dollars and forty-five cents, beat the three dollars and twenty-five cent estimate. Sales of nine point three two uh, three seven billion, beat the nine point one nine billion estimate. Net interest income really kind of helping them out here at seven point four two billion, increase from seven point one one billion in Q2. Coming recession kills them next year. Don't. This is another one that I definitely don't want to own. Uh, 95 is a good level for today. Uh, 95 is your five-day high, and he got a little easy beat to get. Well, not that big, guys. So I, I look at this 95 to 95.59 potential resistance you're getting in a, in a, a gap trying to be somewhere. bearish again with these stocks. I know. <laughs> all these I'm it's trying the to go bullish. Uh, then we mentioned Capital One and Ford. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, make, like, it be- oh, I'll make it better. Let's go to the disaster stock. On. How's disaster Just stock and phase? <laughs> oh my god <laughs> here you go so we Bring talked the about this on the closing print and i said if they can do anything even remotely okay the stock goes higher even just say anything okay but i'm like but i wouldn't put it past them i also said this because the bar is laying on the ground i said i wouldn't put it past them to dig a hole to actually get under that bar they cut the guidance in half <laughs> Yeah, but don't you guys remember SEDG already gave you the insight into this. They already had cut their guidance in half. So I think that betting on it to go up would have been uh, not logical. I didn't make a bet, but I was saying if they could say anything. And and, and Mitch, this is exactly what we were commenting. I'm like, SEDG put the bar on the ground for Enphase. They simply had to walk over it. 
They, they didn't just do it. A dig under it. They dug a trench, like and dug under the bar. That is the, one of the like the guidance was just absolutely atrocious. And it's telling me the financing issues here are real, folks. If you are buying companies that rely on their customers to obtain financing before buying the product, sell those stocks because that's the ones that are getting hammered here, and those are the ones that will not turn around until interest rates actually start going lower. The Powell indicator which joel gave you earlier is the is the indicator for all your solar all your you know home builders all the stuff all the stuff that's high ticket your automotives all that stuff it's the powell indicator you can't get bullish any of these things until the tlt starts to sustain a rally over 90. you know what you know what these stocks are acting like and that it's a much bigger fundamental problem and i don't want people to think i'm like a big climate change person but is the sun are we losing the sun I mean, are we not going to have sun anymore for solar stocks? I mean, that is the way these stocks are acting. No, They're it's aligned to interest rates. We it's all know what it is. It's the interest rates. It is. I don't know, the, the customers can't afford the financing. Yeah. The customers it, cannot it afford It used to be free, man, and now it's no longer yep. free. Guess what? Well, I'm not going to put it on my roof. There must not be as much sun. There must not be as much sun. I'll tell you. It, it's That's simple. Like, you if know what's going to need to happen here? The only way you save... Uh, so Dennis, sorry to interrupt, but I think the only way you save the solar industry is even more subsidies, help them out even more. So it's can be bought. If that doesn't happen, these are going to, I feel continue to come down, especially they next need year. rates. They need rates lower. It's the only yeah. way those stocks go up is if rates start coming down. Gen Generax in that category too. And, and you know, I own Generac. Hey, you know what? Disaster. Let's, it's let's all keep interest it rates. Let's keep it more bearish. Let's go into an interesting stock that you caught, Dennis. <laughs> FTI Consulting. I've just turned from bullish to bearish again, Mitch. You just earned me. <laughs> FTI Consulting. Tell me a little bit about what oh, this yeah. company oh, does. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. okay so ahead, here's one interesting. I keep typing in FTI because they should have the FTI Yeah, ticker, they should have they the don't. FTI ticker. But uh, FCN. So yes, yes, um, yes. FCN Consulting. So I want to reach out. I'm going to my Twitter account right now because somebody brought this to my attention. So I tweeted out last night. That I believe there will be hundreds of bankruptcies in 2024. Hundreds, like maybe even more than that. Like all these darling stocks, um, you know, of 2020 that are trading for 30 cents, 40 cents, 50 cents now. A lot of these companies are indeed going to go bankrupt in 2024. So um, tweeting back at me was, he goes by XYZ on Twitter, um, at ADWZVD, said, check out, FCN, FTI Consulting. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the consulting firm that would probably benefit and obviously would benefit in restructurings and bankruptcies and anything like that. The stock is making new all-time highs. It's like the market is smarter than I thought. I mean, they're getting ahead of it here. And I think on pullbacks here, a stock like this maybe does do pretty good because if you go to their website, they talk restructurings, they talk bankruptcies, they talk a lot of other stuff too. But FTI Consulting would actually benefit from hundreds of companies going bankrupt or potentially even more than that if you talk small businesses. So I was talking like I think there might be hundreds of stocks going bankrupt next year, like traded stocks like this one's companies. insolvent. This one's yeah. insolvent. Yep. I mean, it, it, it's no doubt. Like, I mean, look at how many things are like 20 cents, 30 cents. And these were 20, 30, 40 dollar yeah. stocks. A lot of these are going to go off the board. Maybe this is a company that benefits. And again, it just popped. $20. So I think you yeah. gotta wait for a pullback here now. But maybe you put this one on your shopping list to take advantage of all the bankruptcies that are coming in 2024. Yeah, the zombie stocks, right? We still haven't seen those kind of leave, right? All that cash burning. Uh, they've stuck around for so long. Will they be able to stick around uh, companies like let's say even desktop metals down at 94 cents? Stocks like that, those SPACs. I don't they better hold on here. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. As you can see, I went red light because uh, it's kind of hard to have a blue light in this kind of show. Uh, definitely need to have that red light on. It's 9 a.m., guys. Let's wrap up the market. What will you be watching on the levels, Joel? And then we'll go to a little final wrap-up for Dennis. Uh, protecting that closing price from yesterday. Things are good. You know, yesterday we never so we never went green. We barely got over the top of the, the low from yesterday and – there was a lot of red on the screen, so I'm hope I'm hoping for an opposite day here. Hold in here at 41.73. Take out the pre-market high. Set our sights on 4200. That's an optimistic view. Uh, if we turn around, we take out the pre-market low. 
I'm not getting real crazy on the short side. You have the closing price, and you also have yesterday's lows. So get ready for some chop and slop. And then on Monday, we'll do some more fundamental analysis talk with uh, Jeremy Schwartz over at oh, Wisdom nice. Tree. So he can uh, provide some wisdom to us. But, uh, folks, we got through another week here. So everyone uh, be safe out well, there. We're not through yet. We hope we're going to survive this week. (laughs) I hope we close green today. Okay. TLT trading down 70 cents. That's not helping IWM, which is obviously just trying to hold green again. So I should correct when we're using the TLT, the IWM is what is following the TLT. Not so much the S&P because some of those stocks don't care as much about the TLT. IWM TLT linked at the hips right now. Can we hold the Ackman low? I'll be watching it. Big I think we question. all will be watching yes. it. Oh, right? I didn't save that. I'll have to put that back on there. Okay, folks. <laughs> have a good have one, a guys. Break. I'll get Joel Alcon and Dennis Dick out of here. Going to get you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. I hope you guys enjoyed it this week. I mean, we've been doing great coverage here, bringing good guests to bring you guys conversation on what we see out there. Like always, guys, you guys want to remember that this is all for, of course, informational purposes only, not to be used as investment advice and opinions do not represent those of Benzinga. Hosts and guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed today. Like always, be safe out there, traders. It's not easy. And if you guys didn't catch it by any means, what are you guys waiting for to catch my video? I've heard so much great feedback, of course, on my video. So if you haven't checked it out, guys, go ahead and, of course, check out my video. Uh, You guys can find it right there on Benzinga. I'll try to go ahead and include it here in the chat here in just a second. But like always, the clock is ticking. Regional banks got a little bit of a bounce. I've tried to stay away from them and taking positions because I want you guys to be able to catch up with that conversation. So I'll catch you guys on live trading. We'll expand, of course, on will tech get a little bit of a bounce. We'll take a look at the action in the market. Can we find some kind of rally today? Find out, of course, on live trading. Smash the like, team. See you guys over there. That starts up in just about a minute.